Hey there, piss freaks of urine nation. Uh, this is Tom Takar here. Just a little heads up. I know we were having some problems with downloads uh, a couple weeks ago and last week. Podomatic has assured us that this is fixed. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode with Shane Torres, I uh, suggest you go back and try again because it's a real fun one. Um, besides that, uh, if you like the show, please rate and review on iTunes, baby. That helps us out. And uh, we love you. Enjoy the episode. Bye. I have to say that on the whole, Australia really kicks the shit out of New Zealand. Yeah. I don't understand why you guys don't just go bomb those fuckers. New Zealand, New Zealand shouldn't even be there. There's no reason for that shit. Excuse me, Mark. Um, may I for a second? Please do. There's actually quite a good little Italian restaurant down in Auckland that we should keep. I vote we keep that Italian joint. It's hard to find good spaghetti these days, you know what I'm saying? Especially in New Zealand. Hey, I like kiwi. Hi. You guys want to hear more stories about Kiwi? Does anybody here think we're funny? Okay, three, four. All right. Well, then I'm not going to talk anymore. <laughs> hey, in America, our brand of humor is considered very cerebral and intelligent. Okay, was that Blink-182 or Tommy McNabara doing stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band, the podcast where comedians come on to defend music they like that other people don't enjoy so much or shit upon. Uh, I am, of course, Tom Tom Takar. I forgot my own name for a second. Uh, and I am joined by the Prince of Snarkness, Tommy McNamara. I'm starting to think that opening was a setup from the start. <laughs> <laughs> sure, maybe I thought about that a few hours ago. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to Blink Clips all day, and I'm not sure. The thing is, that I was looking up uh, if people think they're funny or not. They People seem to think they're funny. It seems like Mark Hoppus is very funny. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into all that uh, in a second, but welcome. we have to welcome our guest to Planet Pissness. Um, <laughs> that's a play on Planet Fitness. But if it were uh, a piss facility... What about uh, Blink Fitness? That is, of course, uh, Chris Donahue. You're here. Hello. <laughs> uh, swinging hard right off the bat. <laughs> I thought of that one on the train as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> Blink Pissness. Uh, and we also have... You You have any gyms you want to name there, Kevin? I'm just confident that I'm not going to bomb harder than Blink-182. <laughs> That's like... I just feel so relieved that you got that out of the way that it sets such a low bar on yeah. what humor is for this podcast, watching yeah, them yeah, eat yeah. it in front of 50 thousand people oh what about blink 182 fitness <laughs> i'm just gonna do yeah it doesn't matter. i got a That's real t- blink 180 boo on hell that yeah one. there we go this podcast is haunted yeah. uh, <laughs> welcome to the show kevin o'brien thanks How for you having doing, me pal? i'm doing great i was so excited to do this because i had nothing going on today besides laundry so i already dressed like i was going to warp tour you nice. do have a very uh, this is yeah. literally my laundry clothes which is a vagrant records t-shirt i bought when i was 17 that still fits thank you very much nice uh and these old chinos that i cut off that i wouldn't dare wear in new york where everybody's so hip <laughs> and then i was like well i'm already dressed for the <laughs> middle-aged guy mosh pit. Yeah. i might as well just get i on think a cut off chino is different than like uh, a cargo short even i though would never the wear color. the cargo short yeah, yeah everybody hates the cargo short but like 
that is like what like because it's kind of sh- like a shortly cut and mm-hmm. it's it's like the hip cut i feel yeah like. well that's i would never go this high when i was a teen uh-huh. but now that i don't care anymore i'm like the hem slowly been moving up my leg sure but when i was a kid it was all about the big baggy dickies hell yeah yeah, but, yeah. And it was all blink inspired you know it's yep. like uh-huh. giant dicky shorts and then like an Atticus T-shirt, or I mean, they all had their own Hurley. clothing lines yeah. at some point too. Hurley, oh god, yeah. Loserkids.com. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, uh, yeah. I wouldn't. I didn't like wearing shorts when I was a kid. I didn't think it was right for people to see my legs. Whoa, that's some next level shame. <laughs> that's how I, I feel now. <laughs> I thought I said I'm a man. I was eight years old. <laughs> my legs weren't meant to see the light. Just a tiny Hank Hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we should say to our listeners, sorry for the hiatus. Um, of course, <laughs> yeah, we did take another. We six took day a six-day hiatus, <laughs> and we do apologize. <laughs> uh, we were uh, lifting weights once more yes. to kick your asses if you have a problem with what we've done. Thank you, by the way, to everybody who's left nice reviews. We've gotten some really fun ones, some sweet ones. Uh, we appreciate that. And if you like the podcast, why don't you join in on the fun? You know, <laughs> why don't you join that party that's happening in our reviews? Oh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, if you're on the Patreon above the six dollar level, I've been mailing out. Out, uh, koozies. I mean, we have been mailing out koozies. <laughs> you haven't asked me to help. That is true. <laughs> this is a roast sesh already. <laughs> uh, and with all that out of the way, let's talk about Blink-182, boys. Because uh, we are short on time today. But um, So I, let's have two guests. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to hear what when you guys got in. When did you guys get on board with the band, the boys? I was in sixth grade. All the small things was on MTV, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is my band." And then I went and bought Animal of the State, first album I ever bought with my own money. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, been a fan ever since. You wanted to look at that porn star? You oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I look at that now, and I'm like, mm, "This is just." It was much more appealing as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, were the, what were like the hottest album covers? You think I, I that think, was up I thought there. Britney Spears' album cover yeah. was hot when I was ZZ a kid. ZZ Tops. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but there's one with a bunch of hot babes on the front. Yeah. There's Beatles some babes in one. There. <laughs> it's just the number like one turns one. you on. <laughs> Something about He's that so phallic. Oh god, it I is. love it. <laughs> I like a girl with a long number. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the Blink one is good. You got that. Uh, you got that sweet cleave. On yeah, the front. that Deftones one. You remember yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, around the fur. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. one is like. So if the if Enema states like the soft core. That is like the hardcore because her head's like barely even in the photo and it's the angle of it shot downward and she's like covered in like dew uh-huh. or sweat or something. It makes like Blink look so tame by comparison. Uh, the inside of that album was pretty sexy too. Yeah, Animal of the State. She's like they're all they're all in their underpants. And- oh wow! If you look up hot album covers, uh, that Animal of the State comes up yeah. right off the bat. Mariah Carey had some. Oh boy. That yeah, honey video, I became a man to that music video. I mean, <laughs> I feel I like we're being. Kid. We should also uh, speak. Um, we should talk about hot al- guys, hot guys <laughs> on covers. Yeah, maybe the like, maybe a uh, uh, D'Angelo an Usher or D'Angelo. D'Angelo, I think, is like the high bar for hot guy. Yeah, there he is, D'Angelo. That's a hot guy cover, and it's the, like from the video too, yeah. where he's just like naked. And he has it. Well, man, he's all cut. His <laughs> oh. Rolling Stones ones where it's a dick in pants is really funny. <laughs> Sticky fingers, baby. Uh, that, oh, that album Bruce came Springsteen. with a, the original Sticky Fingers vinyl came with a real zipper on it too. Really? That like the denim was put into it with a zipper. That is cool. Yeah, it's pretty sick. I gotta say, most of these like 
these Huffington Post lists, I don't really like. This is a pretty good list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me give up so much control to a Huffington Post list. You know, all these Huffington Post lists, we got to go with what they say. <laughs> there is no greater authority on listicles than the HuffPost. I, I like that they call these NSFW album covers. <laughs> like, only bring your <laughs> nice-looking albums to work. Yeah, <laughs> you bring your vinyls to the office. Yeah. Go incognito. It'd be so window. funny if Beatles won was on. They <laughs> knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's like blurred out. <laughs> Uh, okay, so sixth grade, we're talking. You see that enema, that enema of the state thing? You're jerking off yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a I'm sorry, wanking off for our British listeners. <laughs> I was cleaning I it. Reading and... those reviews, I didn't know that we've taken a British. Show. Oh, we've uh, <laughs> we've gone across the pond with <laughs> with our voices. <laughs> we're doing a reverse Beatles. The uh, the piss uh, wait what do you call it what was it called the uh, invasion oh, the piss okay. invasion yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get a shirt that one of those name shirts that says just Tom and Tommy and that's it Hell you know? yeah. yeah nice yeah I feel like that'd be uh, merch for somebody you guys. make them we need yeah. some merch we do have koozies <laughs> and uh, shirts with that guy's name on it right whoever shirt. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but well, those are not for sale <laughs> yeah there were only four made total and i don't know what he's doing with the other one he's just keeping it for some sick twisted shit those are priceless or one hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> priceless or worthless <laughs> such a fine line uh, Kevin, what about you? What, what was your? I was around the same age. I'm I'm just a few years older than Chris. Yeah. Uh, some I my very first recollection of Blink 182 was hearing "Damn It" and "Can't Hardly Wait." Uh-huh. But then also that same year when um, that Dude Ranch came out, I remember being up late at night and seeing the music video for Josie, and then being like, "This is the greatest song my little brain had heard up until that point." Yeah. And then USA, I don't know, you guys, are, I watched so much TV as a kid. I'll get that away now. Sure. In the afternoons, they would have like kind of live hosts, so it was almost like MTV Spring Break, but it was like summertime with USA playing episodes of Uncle Buck, the TV show or whatever. Sorry, but man. like uh, Blink was one of the bands playing on that, and that was the first time I ever saw him play live, and that was probably like 98 or something so like that. So you liked them, is this pre-drummer switch? It was like right on the edge. So yeah. like they, because they kind of started breaking a little bit outside of just like pop punk and a more mainstream with Dude Ranch, but only like on the two singles. It seems so, like Damn It was like the... Yeah, uh, so by the time it kind of got to me, because I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska too, like by, by the time I was getting into it, I think Travis had already joined the band, but Enema of the State hadn't came out yet. I see. Um. So so then when Enema of the State came out like a year later and I was in middle school, that just, it, be, it was like the biggest thing for me and my chubby best friend who were hanging out in his basement <laughs> all day like trying to form our own pop punk band and yep. stuff and like oh, the yeah. first songs we were playing were blank songs and things like that especially i i remember the uh uh what's the summer what's my age again i would listen to that song so many times that now even today it was so nice out it was so perfect for me to like listen to it again because the 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 moments that i remember it's usually like spring summertime like youthful freedom and then being able to have like the soundtrack of like my first truly favorite band. I mean, I like Green Day before that uh-huh. and stuff, but it was there's something about being like we heard those jokes. They're so juvenile. Like it's like the, to me, they're like the ultimate junior high band. Sure. So it's then a lot to be like jokes and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So then, and I mean, no effects is right there. But for me, I was a little I don't know softer sensibility or what uh-huh. that I was drawn more to Blink and so like to be of that age for this kind of like super juvenile material is just too perfect. You know. Yeah. 
It's like, and it wasn't like Green Day. Technically, it was before my time. Uh-huh. Even though I got into it when I was super young, but did you go to the Pop Disaster tour? That was the very first concert I went to. Nice. Like the real, like not something at the county fair or yeah. whatever. And me and my best friend, my mom drove us all the way to Denver from Central Nebraska, wow. and it was Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, and I was still such a huge Green Day fan. I figured they were going to go on last. But Blink-182 closed it out because they were so huge at the time. And Green Day was kind of like on the rebound because the American Idiot hadn't came out yet. And they just put out like a greatest hits. But that was yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And we were so it was me and my buddy who were just were like playing guitar and bass, but no drummer. We're at the show. Our mom, my mom lets us do whatever we want. And we Hell meet yeah, up. Cool we, mom. Yeah, she was. She yeah. My mom was super cool for being a cop. Like she loved Van Halen and shit. So Wait, she like your mom was a pig. She still is. <laughs> so like, but she was like the coolest cop because she like grew up listening to rock and roll and like drinking in parking lots when she was underage and stuff. So she like got it. And when we were there, I met up with this girl who later became my girlfriend because I held her hand in the merch line. Hell yeah. Wait. Yeah, it was my... Wait, it's my are you b- telling me you fell in love with the girl at the rock show? <laughs> I did, dude. As the song was playing, it was nuts. And I remember arguing with my parents beforehand, like, I wanted to spend all this extra money to be in the pit. And my folks were like, just go in the green. It's going to be cheaper. Yeah. And, well, and now you still have to pay to go to the pit. Yeah, right? The improv theater yeah, that is. Yeah, exactly. I don't get paid. I have to <laughs> pay that. That's such an inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> but the, Sorry, listener. <laughs> the kids, so there was like a pop punk scene in my town was just me and like 20 other like teenagers that formed these bands. And some of the kids that paid to be in the pit, one of them got pulled up onto stage during Green Day at the time. They would do this intermission in the show where they teach a song and they would pull different people out of the crowd to play each instrument and Damn. it would always kill and the, one of the kids who was in the bands who was up front from North Platte, Nebraska got pulled on stage to play bass wow. and I got so mad because I was like that could have been me man <laughs> that and so, sucks and, so, but, and that like huge monumental like teenage moment yeah. and then at the end of that night one of the dudes that we were sitting with who was friends with my future girlfriend yeah. he became the drummer in the band that me and my best friend wow. had nice. for like a year and a half. And it, we were terrible, but we were like <laughs> such a Blink-182 kind of inspired sort of terrible. Like, we yeah. suck, but we're like, no, it's our thing that we suck. <laughs> and we were like obnoxious, you know, and yeah. all that. We even cut like a demo, and it's still... I try to destroy every copy. I was oh, so shit. embarrassed. You gotta send that to us. It's so out there somewhere. It. I think my I think my friend Corey still has it out there. But yeah, it was... It was like such a. It, that was probably one of the most landmark moments of like high school for me. Was going to Pop Disaster tour by far. Yeah, it was dope. Did you see Saves the Day play that one too or no? No, it was Jimmy World was oh, the nice. opener, oh, which was, was like my cool. third favorite band yeah. at that point. Anyways. I didn't realize that uh, Blink One Eighty Two like loved Jimmy yeah. World until today. There was a story. So there's like a really awesome uh, writer. His name's Jason Heller. He wrote for AV Club for years and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was based out of Denver. Still lives there. He did this entire series on AV Club a few years ago called Fear of a Punk Planet. And he goes year by year of like all the quintessential like moments in punk history. And he wrote about when he was in Denver and Blink-182 was just on the rise like on Dude Ranch. And Jimmy World had been like touring around and spent a lot of time in Denver because they were in more of the emo scene and yeah. from Arizona. He was like working merch for his friends in Jimmy World. Blink-182's on stage. They were already like over capacity because they didn't know they were going to break so big that during the show the guys in blink are like 
Hey, for the rest of this song, all of our merch is free. Whatever you can grab, just Whoa. take it. That's crazy. Well, the the dude Jason Heller's working the merch table for Jimmy World, not playing away too. All these kids come over, they just grab all the merch. <laughs> so they end up st- stealing Jimmy World's merch <laughs> because Blink One Eighty Two were just like being smartasses about yeah. it, and they knew they were going to be rich, so they like didn't need their own. And it took some of the kids gave it back, like they tr- ma- try to make an announcement over the mic, and they had to go back and like fight wow. for some of the merch back. But yeah. But of course, insane. it all's well that ends well. And I'm sure, I mean, Jimmy World would have got that spot on the tour anyways. Yeah. But, you know, it was only four, three or four years after that. That's that Blink-182 is probably like, oh, we owe these guys for all the merch <laughs> that we lost. I mean, I'd, I'd argue hilarious. Jimmy Eat World is a better band overall. Whoa. Like, like to this day. Wild. Like, Jimmy Eat World makes way better music Here's now the thing. than You're Blink on does. this podcast to defend <laughs> a band, not to put them underneath another band. Good point. That's uh, fair. But no, I, I love like, Blink One Eighty Two though. Yeah. Were you guys? Did you guys go to Warp tours? I'm oh sure. yeah. Yeah, I went to like two. Uh, I went every year for four or five straight summers. Nice. And then it's by the time I hit like twenty one, twenty two, I was like falling out of the genre a little bit, and it wasn't growing up super well either. Like, yeah. with my taste shifting, like I want to say more sophisticated, but just like more broader cooler older stuff you know yeah. and then the genre wasn't i don't know there's something happened in like 2005 2006 not just like my own taste but you could kind of see with all the bands and what was going out there and i was surprised the warp tour was still going on this is their last year because this year's the last warp yeah tour? yeah because they just kept interest. year it well, it's just like lack of interest. Also, the bands the bands kept hurting their backs by jumping. <laughs> no, that's it shit. was the opposite because now like uh, Riot Fest and things like that are huge because mm-hmm. they're having those bands where the newer bands that were getting it like became like screamo dubstep uh, kind of stuff, and it just got it really got away from like itself. S- what was Skrillex band before? Uh, from first to yeah, last, yeah, like that, yeah. that stuff. Yeah, but it was like even worse versions of that with like dubstep beats in it it was yeah. yeah it's terrible so uh before we continue i feel like we have to go ahead and check in with jared thompson <laughs> uh jared of course the owner of the beautiful comedy attic in gorgeous bloomington indiana uh he's friend of friend and foe of the podcast arguably the creator i argue no <laughs> <laughs> but uh he had some thoughts on blink 182 jared what do you got What's up, y'all? This week's you went to Jared. The boys are going to have two guests on defending Blink-182. This is kind of well-worn territory. We've been over Blink-182 a few times. And, you know, bottom line is is that they're probably not as bad as I think they are, meaning I think they're terrible, but I understand that there's room that maybe there's an argument that they're not like a historically terrible band like I think they are. But I think that part of the reason that I think that is because of what they spawned. Like, sort of, their place in history is after good bands, they heard good bands, and then started playing music that was slightly worse than those bands. And then the bands that came after Blink-182 were worse than they were. So, anyway, I mean, it's just it's just not good. And I understand that, like, people have an attachment to it because they were kids and they, they liked the way it sounded and... They just dismiss how stupid the lyrics are and the song titles and how they acted because they liked it when they were a kid. But other than that, they don't really have a whole lot to offer. They're, to me, one of the most overrated bands in history because they're considered this thing that they're not. So anyway, I love you guys. Thanks. 
Love you, Jerry. Wow. I just hate this guy. I, I should note, uh, he said that we've covered it a few times. We covered it on the live one that yeah. we're not sure is going to be able to be put the out. Finals. They nice. did make it to the finals. They were they had a, gr- a strong showing. People were really into it. But, uh, I mean, there was a lot of thoughts being had during that thing, <laughs> specifically about Kelly Clarkson. But I would we'll argue get into that, that he's later. very wrong. Like <laughs> I think people know them for their immaturity, yeah. but they have a lot of good lyrics that aren't that. But people focus Name on one. the... Uh, oh, the good s- lyrics? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. so many great lyrics. You each get to pick a lyric. Yeah, you each get one lyric. Okay. This is called the lyric. Do, uh, go ahead. You can go first. I don't want to step on. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like now I'm on the spot. Uh, but I mean, you picked Lyric-y going away Martin. to college. I yes. feel like all of those nope. lyrics are like good, and that's like a really sweet song, and it's like yeah. a good pop punk song in general. That was one of the first ones that came to my mind yeah. lyrically. Which, Which song one? is it? Going, going away, away to college. college. So we'll, we'll, you put that on. Yeah, let's you put that on the playlist, right? So we'll listen to that now. Give me just a second here. Do, do, do. Not my daily mix. Uh, blink. I thought that I downloaded. Neither of us this. picked any of the like stupid. Uh, songs yeah, really I felt I, I felt so cool that we both picked like deeper cuts yeah, yeah, too, yeah. instead of just going for the obvious hits. from philly writes my band covers this one it's awesome live <laughs> when his band covers it like lyrically that's i think for a pop song and really for yeah. like a, a love kind of rock song that holds up pretty well lyrically yeah. and i think the and i don't mean to besmirch uh the owner and booker of such yeah, a wonderful watch, comedy watch club smirching. that i would love to i would love to work anytime i have many open available dates just putting that out there uh but i think he's speaking so broadly in oh, a way well you just lost <laughs> well I, he's not alone though i think this is like the common perception of blink 182 like people use like these bigger broader vague terms to kind of encapsulate what they think they are and don't spend enough time focusing on what it actually is, you know? Yeah. I think they get a bad rep, too, because now they're old playing these songs, which I, like, get. But when they were writing these songs, they were pretty much in their 20s. So they were, like, yeah, they yeah. were, like, 20, like, they 21. Were like maybe, so they were yeah, relevant I think with these, what they were They were, doing. like, a little later, 20s, maybe. But still, it's like, you're not that far out of this. Like, yeah. Yeah. they knew their audience, and they, like, knew how to, like, go back into that, like, feeling of being in high school. For sure. And Jimmy World 
did that really well too. But I think the other thing that's kind of missed when people talk about Blink-182 lyrics and on another song that came to my mind when I asked about this immediately was on Pathetic where he says, uh, don't bring me down. This is where I belong. I think I'm different, but I'm the same and I'm wrong. That like that holds up in a lyrical way that isn't just generational. I, don't I would say this is yeah, their best duet. Oh, absolutely. How I feel about that song? <laughs> really? Oh. Kidding? No, no, no. I feel those like are the, those are the two songs that Kevin picked that I was like I would have picked. Yeah, both of yeah. Those so songs. those are both Kevin songs. We, yeah. we should uh, tell the audience in case you're new to the show. When we have two guests, we let each of them pick three songs, and then we judge them both uh, on which one picks the longer songs. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that one. <laughs> uh, someone wrote, uh, "You guys are all wrong," because a lot of people thought this was about a girl that he liked uh, mm. who. Who called him pathetic yeah. and made him sad? <laughs> this says, according to Tom, this song is about the feeling that you're going nowhere because he did shitty in high school mm-hmm. and then dropped out of a junior college to pursue to pursue Blink 182, and the girl in the song is actually his mother. Wow. Hmm. So I would argue probably people think that because the first line is, "I know I'm pathetic. I knew when she said it." Yeah, like right. I guess that could be your mom, but that's. I don't know. Yeah. That guy, Tom DeLong, hates his parents. There's another song. The other <laughs> yeah. song you picked is about how his dad, like, wasted all the time, too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then you also picked a song about, all right, I'm not, well, I'm not going yeah, yeah, we'll to. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. Sure. Uh, but it, I was also going to say about Pathetic, it's I think that song, like, ages really well, just, like, as a rock song. And I, I often draw people's attention to that one, too, if they like other types of punk music specifically. Because uh-huh. there's often this thing where people will shit on Blink-182 that don't know what they're talking about, just but they just know it as this band, and they're not really a fan of the genre or anything about or know anything about it. Yeah. But then you also have this entire sect of people that are into punk music, but not necessarily pop-punk music, or weirder, people are into pop-punk music but don't like Blink-182 because they don't think it's punk enough or yeah. it doesn't that have... That was a lot of the criticism I saw was that it's not real punk or something. But like, if you play that song and you put it up against a Descendant song or even like later after them, like an Erg song or something like that with bands that are in the genre but have more street cred just because they didn't become as ubiquitous as right. Blink-182... Yeah. I think if you go to Dude Ranch, but that song specifically, you can kind of see that they do have chops. Like... They didn't become this band in a vacuum. It didn't happen just because 
it was the late 90s and there was just like a low bar for what rock and roll meant on a mainstream level while also being coupled with like the rise of boy bands, which obviously helped them become this enormous, you know, 100 million album selling band. But at its roots, it comes from more from Screeching Weasel, Descendants, things mm-hmm. like that. And I think it has more in common with it than, you know, the punk purists will give it credit for. Yeah, it's I don't funny see... the boy band thing, because a lot of, I mean, what really set them off was all the small things. Yeah. But that's what got them major. TRL yeah, style. Yeah, TRL. Yeah. And it's funny because the video, it. they're making fun of boy bands. And I was watching a video where they pointed out, it's like, yeah, they were making fun of them while being played alongside those yeah. boy band videos. And how cool wild. is that? Be, to be able to occupy your own space and to be... It's like it's like people on SNL that are able to make fun of politicians to their own faces. Like, sure. If you're going to be in this like huge mainstream stratosphere, uh-huh. then how are you going to go about it? And it's I think it, it's almost... I don't know about better, but I think there's more authentic, authenticity of trying to parody something while also being at the same level of it as opposed to fully selling out and being like some of these big kings of Leon, you know, like Damn, where you take yourself a little too seriously tired. and you become too much just like of <laughs> the eggs. <laughs> yeah, suck on that, kings Damn. of Leon. Yeah, like all the small things in What's My Age Again mm-hmm. are like the two like most popular songs. And like I would and then say... probably I Miss You or something yeah. like that. What do you guys think of I Miss You really quickly? I, I just want to say that i have one joke about it which is we would always sing where are you aziz ansari <laughs> and that is my favorite thing about that song uh the music video is horrible a lot of people's favorite thing about that song <laughs> <laughs> and now all your fans can walk around yeah. singing that. <laughs> i wouldn't call the people who listen to this show our fans <laughs> we call them well, our you stand by your fans <laughs> <laughs> your mates i like that album though the untitled album like mm-hmm. i would say th- I would say if people are going to argue that they're not like punk enough or not pop punk enough, like that would be the album where it starts to get a little like less punk. And but I think they were just getting older and trying to do something different. Yeah. And yeah. when it came out, I was still like, I want to hear just like the quick like. I don't want to hear this like experimental. Well, it's more. It's just unquote. like power pop, yeah. really. It's like it's it's got more in line with Cheap Trick than it yeah, does yeah. Black Flag. Robert by Smith on the album. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Is that is I'm I'm a little uh, I, I'm I'm not super well studied on them, so I'm not sure. But is that before people like accused Tom DeLonge of kind of like not caring anymore? It wasn't or is that during. I, I mean, I, what do you think? I would Chris? say after because they like broke up after that album yeah and then they came back and then that's where i kind of like fell off like i was like this stuff's like not i don't know because i was older and like i don't know i just the newer stuff didn't hit with me and now the stuff with matt skiba i'm like i've listened to it all but like the i i could be misinformed here but i was listening to a thing earlier about how they got back together after uh travis barker was in a yeah he almost died and that's yeah. what brought them back together yeah. is that Tom DeLonge had to come. Like, they were visiting and kind of were like... Yeah, they buried, buried the hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy story that a plane crashed in the... Old, like, there were only two survivors and one of them was Travis Barker. Yeah, well, DJ AM was the one who died. Yeah. Which is... And I'm so glad you brought this. I have so many opinions. Yeah, on yeah. So, <laughs> I think what happens, there is this moment um, after Blink has this hiatus where everybody goes off, does their own side projects. Tom DeLonge... Gets, I mean, he's always into he UFOs, but like, then, yeah, super go- into aliens. In his music, big though, thing that keeps like, coming up is people to blame aliens on the breakup. <laughs> it's it, that's their Yoko Ono. It's like Roswell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He, like, does he claim he's been abducted or no? 
No, he he, I thought he claimed he did get abducted. Oh, I really? I thought he was just an enthusiast. Here's the thing. He says that he went to um he went to Area 51 and like camped out around there, and then three hours of time is on like disappeared. Oh, he just blacked out from drinking. Fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what he claims. And then uh, some fans claim he was never the same after that. I mean, it, I guess it does fit the narrative of what I was just about to say because you can, like, when Angels and Airwaves comes around, that's Tom at his, like, most self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. And all the music has this real kind of proggy, like, ethereal kind of sound to it. And so once they get back together, it would have been cool if they just would have kept touring on their old stuff. And I thankfully got to see him at Riot Fest. I, like, snuck backstage in, like, 2011. And, and that's that was why like we brought you here. Yeah, there sure. Are police waiting outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, and I, like that felt like the last moment with like the real Blink One Eighty Two, at least of like my youth and childhood, because then the Neighborhoods album I think came out right around that time, yeah. and that sounds so much like Angels and Airwaves, mm-hmm. and it's really kind of sucks. And so then once they, I don't know, it's like they had this brief like two to three year window where it was just all cool because of the tragedy. But then over time, these like bad habits start coming in with like Tom's aesthetical choices. But also, it seems like the dynamics in the band that then they ended up breaking up. Like, they're not breaking up, but him leaving. Him and Travis Barker, who like hated each other. No, it's him and Mark Hoppus. Ah, okay. Um, but then they, you know, it's the they were only able to like it was a band aid instead of like seal the wound. And seeing them at Riot Fest, like. They were, th- there was no banter in between the two of them. They weren't even like looking at each other. They're on like complete opposite oh, ends of the stage. Damn. But it's still like they did carousel and it made me feel good. It's yeah. like when your parents are on a separation, but you still go out to the Chinese buffet and you don't <laughs> notice they're not wearing their rings anymore. <laughs> but you can kind of like convince yourself that like, well, this is still good enough. You know, the other thing they're that not confuses. Making eye contact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the at least they're both in the same room. But they're know? both like they have to like wait awkwardly to get the ice cream <laughs> dispenser. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> that's so funny i think the other thing that's kind of confusing about that is like when they were like breaking up or like a little before like boxcar racer was like tom DeLong and travis barker made a band with like two other guys and i don't really understand why that's not really just a blink 182 album because it's Mark so Hoppus different sings, do you think so yeah i guess i feel like if they were gonna like try to start to be a different band i would have rather had that but than, that like, band never came together as that it was not it was never a thing like that this is like Travis's George Harrison moment where he's not getting enough of his or in um and Tom's Tra- and Tom and Travis have this like George Harrison moment of like not getting their stuff. You're gonna get Tommy Hart again. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got so distracted by his boner, <laughs> stutter over my words. But it wasn't really that. It wasn't like they weren't getting their stuff on as much, and then they go off in this other direction. It really started as like let's do a different yeah. kind of album. You can like you can just kind of feel it he throughout the album. He had some like uh, surgery around that time too, Tom yeah. DeLong, so he was all like hopped up on painkillers and wrote that album like on painkillers. Yeah. He like mentions pills a lot on it. And if anything yeah. if anything if like it's as opposed to Angels and Airwaves if it would have been able to like be a thing I think it would be more sustainable long term if it would have been like he had Boxcar Racer and then Mark Hoppus had whatever plus yeah. 44 was. And they just they and then, just share Travis Barker in different well, bands, and then they come back together to do Blink tours and maybe a Blink album yeah. every like four or five years. That would have maybe, yeah, I don't know, but that doesn't seem possible just because of who they are. You know, it's like in a weird way, like this the the way that they are now almost seems inevitable if you've been a fan as long as we have. Yeah, you know, I the 
the whole thing with Matt Skiba, I didn't see that coming. But that's definitely like, you know, your favorite teacher from school starts dating your mom yeah, or something. Yeah, right. you know? It's like your your basketball coach is now like shacking up in your old dad's spot in the room. Like They played like Good Morning America with Matt Skiba or something. And they played like all the small things. And I was like, this sounds like the kids bop version of yeah. Blink-182. Like, Have I you like seen Elk him live Trio, with Matt Skiba? No. Which is actually oh, better. Boy. I don't know if you guys own that one, but it's actually good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should go to Facebook before I forget. Oh uh, sure. On on top of uh, on top of uh, Jared Thompson uh, weighing in with his thoughts. Uh, big fan also... of Jared though, as a human being, as a club owner and runner. I got a lot of available days. Just want to say that, <laughs> uh, and he will appreciate that. And uh, you know, what? I'll just give you a date actually after the show. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> will Carey writes, "Blink are my favorite band." I think a lot of people picked up gu- guitars because of Tom DeLonge. Right here. Uh, yep. Will Carey also says, "I uh, I got into the Descendants because I heard Mark Hoppus talk about them." So yeah, you guys that. covered that. Um, let's see. Rudy Schultz says, I genuinely feel like they did almost exactly what Screeching Weasel had already been doing for six years, but got famous from it because of the way they look. That being said, they've grown worlds beyond what they started as and have inspired about two generations of people to go and make or play music while capturing the hearts of fans all over the world. You and Tommy have your work cut out for you. That's a great backhanded compliment. It is cool <laughs> that, like, I mean, I know most punk bands oh. aren't, like, formed by like a major label but it is cool to think that like yeah they're just like kids in california who are like let's start this band in our garage and like actually like succeeded and especially around that time when it was everything was so like put together for sure and they they i mean they spent their time in the van doing bad gigs on the road and stuff and like the so as much as they get shit on for not being punk enough or whatever you think of like what their trajectory was or started out as it is very diy yeah but it just, you know, anytime it's just like it's such a this like macho thing where anytime there's like some young kids who don't come from hardcore poverty and had their dad throw whiskey bottles at them doesn't make them punk enough or whatever. Where like at least it's I think Chris and I both kind of identified with like punk was opened up to us through like Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two in a way that might not have been in the past because I, as much as I love Minor Threat when I was fifteen and all that stuff I didn't I couldn't identify fully with like the homeless teenagers from decline of western civilization but I could identify with a scrawny dude with a lip ring which I got because of <laughs> Tom DeLonge Did you have a lip ring? Oh, I oh still have the God. scar from it and uh <laughs> no. And I and think I've seen a picture of that from your very did you old posted from your emo night. Oh, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like uh, I yeah, had that should. lip ring for years and the haircut because of Tom DeLong and Connor Oberst and these people mm-hmm. that like I could culturally identify with in a way that I wouldn't like Mike Ness or even ha- as much as I love Henry Rollins. I didn't know oh, yeah. that yeah. sort of like background as I but there's a scrawny dude with bad posture talking about unrequited love or feeling at a place while also kind of like that's why i think pathetic's so great of like it's uh, i think it comments on like how he projects this misfit onto himself that doesn't really exist within the world that he occupies i think a lot of people too just the better the production quality of an album they're like this isn't punk and it's like so i feel like if enema of the state was recorded like more diy and not like recorded as like we're gonna make this like your pop like this is gonna be your big album mm-hmm. more people would be like yeah that's like punk enough for me because like dude ranch and care or treasure cat yeah 
they don't sound the best. They don't sound bad. They don't sound like Alamo oh, Buddha State. sounds like it was recorded in somebody's <laughs> yeah. bedroom, right? You know, yeah. So I feel like sometimes that's like a thing that people are like, "This isn't punk because it sounds good." And it's like that's stupid. Well, like Bob, they had well, money to make it. Like, and there's even like punk royalty that has already debunked that. Bob Mold recently yes. talked about how everybody's and it kind of defined like an era or genre of like post hardcore punk music, like those Husker Du albums and the production value and same thing with like Metal Circus and Me- trying to get this yeah. Tommy McNamara into Bob Mold. And- yeah, and like and even the replacements to a lesser degree, but it all came down to just the gear that the sound engineer had and they Bob Mould said he would have preferred it to sound better. He was yeah. mad the way it sounded when it came out, but then people glommed on to it, and it became its own aesthetic over time, but that wasn't the intent. Mm-hmm. So to think that it's that it's sound shitty makes it good is pretty reductive Stupid. thinking, I think. I will say, if bad sound quality is punk, then you are going to love our, lime, our uh, Limestone episode, <laughs> which is so punk. A lot of gain it's on like, that one. So punk. It is, uh, and honestly, any set it. that yeah. I record with my phone, it's a bit... <laughs> yeah, dude. I love it. It's you guys, as hell. I love this show because you guys are so DIY, yeah. man. I mean, we record this in our living rooms uh, next to a, a fan and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, I, somebody, can, I can hear the train tracks right now that's how punk this thing is i just want to note that i think kevin and i have known each other for maybe two months at this point and i already feel like we're best friends well that's why i was so excited you guys asked me you guys were that you guys were both there when we met we're gonna be editing out any chemistry you guys come on (laughs) we're gonna start our own podcast (laughs) yeah right yeah think of this when we have our own podcast or pop punk band it'll be like well we met we didn't really get a chance to hang out too much we liked each other and then we got asked to do a podcast people are gonna love that show they're gonna write comments like these guys seem to really know about the music they're talking about (laughs) there is a full blink one day two podcast oh i don't i'm not surprised by that yeah they, uh, I mean, they've got a. There's a lot of stuff out there. Today, I was, uh, I had some phone problems, and I, I was while I was waiting for my phone to charge, I just watched a million Blink 182 videos because the fans of Blink 182 are, you know, they're really in, on board. There's well, a lot of info, it, and they're angry. It's so vast too because like they've been around for so long and they've been big for so long. Uh, and I saw this with Jimmy World a few years ago, and I saw them uh, on a tour. I think it was like three or four years ago, and it was well after I was deep into Jimmy World. But seeing the different eras of fans and all, like you could kind of pick them out. There was a lot of like in their 40s, former cool, like emo DIY guys. But then there was a lot of just kind of like people that bought the CDs at Walmart crowd as well. And I, I saw that, but times 100 when I saw Blink a few years ago once Tom DeLong left. And they, they sold out the Pepsi Center in Denver. You know, it's like a basketball arena. And you, they, I saw 17-year-olds that did not look like the 17-year-olds when I was 17 that were into them. But there was, but there was also guys that you were 40. Yeah. Oh, do boy. Think, do you think at the Pepsi Center they still say, is Pepsi you okay? okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I saw that cover a mile away, and I still loved it. Much like a Coke, unlike a Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I I go to like a lot of uh, dinosaur junior shows and stuff. Yeah, hell yeah, and that's I love like yeah, I saw the them best. last year at Ryfest. But yeah, sure. it's like me, like I'm the young one there, which sure, is like yeah. always fun. And the old the older dudes that like dinosaur are like always oh, so cool though. Like walking out, the guys like I remember seeing them in '80 with Nirvana, and I'm Dude. like, this is awesome. Like keep talking to me, please. Yeah. I think that's different now. Like people that are like 17 and like Blink 182, they don't want to hear us old 30 year olds like. I like them, the dude ranch. And they're yeah, like, what's yeah, yeah. dude ranch? <laughs> yeah, this is because like now, 
especially when they put out that new album, now they're going to have like a whole new generation of fans. Because yeah. like, and I think that was newer for Blink One Eighty Two because they would come and gone at a number of points, and pop punk kind of went up and down in popularity or critical perspective on it. I think, and now I've seen a whole new generation, not only of like fans, but there's bands that aren't as like haunted by this dogma of like punk or like blink not being cool and it's a lot of women too that are like my my favorite pop punk artists now are usually like younger at least female fronted if not fully female bands Mm -hmm. and they a lot of these who do you like uh like bully is is i think that's like you can see a lot of like like some blink 182 pop along modern baseball oh my god modern baseball is the most shameless like blink 182 they're not even apologists because for them they have nothing to be embarrassed by yeah Uh, a good friend of mine lisa prank who's based out of seattle she opens up for liz fair and taco cat a lot and she loves blink 182 and and now she's doing really well on her own. And there's this whole circuit now of like really great kind of, I, 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 I don't even want to say shameless because they have no shame in the way yeah. that guys like me and Chris, obviously, we, we don't have shame, but like it's, the shame is projected on sure, us. Sure, in a way. sure. I definitely we have felt shame like for your personal lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Shame yeah. in general. You're yeah. like, oh my god, you're 32 and you have all those roommates. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like, uh, I got kind of like out of Blink-182 a little bit because I was like, oh, this like, I'm like past this stuff. And yeah. then I got a little older and I was like, I don't give a shit anymore about yeah. like, I'll throw on some good Charlotte or like Simple Plan once <laughs> yeah. in a while on Spotify simple on private. Plan. Interesting. Yeah. Mark Hoppus does a, a vocal That's the best Simple Plan song yeah, yeah. is the one. Once you... in a while, like I'll listen to a couple of those tracks. What was and, like, Simple Plan's like biggest hit again? I'm the... just a kid yeah. and oh, yeah. my life was a nightmare. <laughs> I'm a dick. Like... I'm addicted to you. Yeah. That's and then what's the. Hey, dad, care. look at me. <laughs> oh. Oh, man, I So yeah, I think it is, and with Spotify and stuff, I think it's like different now. Like you, you have access to everything, so it's yeah, it, you're less ashamed to be it's like. Making me feel like one of those old villains in a movie <laughs> who has the moment where he remembers his childhood. Yeah, and yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I forgot I liked all those simple plans. Yeah, oh, dude. yeah. Uh, they're still, I don't know, they're catchy. Like I wouldn't yeah, be like, yeah. this is punk. Like this is dope. No, I'm like, I it's wouldn't have thought that. Like, I don't know. I, we, we got to start to get into the descent here. I want to read a few more Facebook things really quickly. One from our the descent. We got like of course. A more songs <laughs> we got to talk about that's half of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the descent. <laughs> um, really quickly from number one, uh, piss freak. I don't know if she'll want to be. Re- I thought Tommy was number one piss. Freak. No, he's he is the piss freak. Oh, okay. But as far as like, if we're gonna rank our listeners of the show, okay. Liz McNamara says rock show is still extremely fun to sing along to. Yes, I agree sister? with that. Yeah, uh, nice. Yes, no, it's a coincidence. <laughs> I didn't know, <laughs> know if it was your mom, maybe, but I feel oh, like sister call. makes more sense. Uh, Casey James Salingo says, I heard they were just put together by music execs to create a rock version of a boy band, and I didn't care if that's true, but I love Dude Ranch. It's not true. <laughs> so I, I was searching for this, and I can't find where no. he You know what that, that is? <laughs> what? This is an early form of fake news. Yeah. Oh, it, shit. The, the fact it this happens so often, too. Anytime, it doesn't matter if it's in rock music or yeah. anything else. Anytime an artist becomes pretty big, pretty quick, while kind of having like one album before they break, 
their immediate reaction is that it took a bunch of publicists to put them together or whatever. You know, like, Blink One Eighty Two was formed because Mark Hoppus's sister was like, "My brother wants to start a band," and then like met Tom DeLonge and, and was she, like, "You guys should hang out." And that's then, how this podcast started. Nice. Liz McNamara <laughs> was like, "Hey, I'd love to hear a podcast <laughs> about rock show by Blink One Eighty Two." I do love every like female star the rumor is that it's john bonnet ramsey <laughs> oh my god yeah like in a yeah. man it's executives and a woman it is like... hop along though <laughs> yeah. <That is> john <laughs> andrew wk's two people <laughs> oh, oh i've heard that oh, one shit. Yeah. that's a good one i love that um, conspiracy theory yeah. i like this from sam ruddy she wrote enema of the state made me want to learn to play guitar and there i miss you video made me want to never watch a tim burton yes. movie <laughs> And then uh, another I think me wait, too wait, on that. Yeah. I don't remember the last yeah. Tim Burton movie I watched that wasn't. I think that song got more it. annoying after the video came oh, out, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, "Oh, this song is literally Where about Aziz uh, Ansari." I have to say, spiders. Oh, do your Tim Burton thing, well, just, baby. I have to say this. I've yeah. been wanting to say it for a while. But Travis Barker had a Nightmare Before Christmas themed wedding, and everyone, uh, everyone in the world needs to know that on honest, Halloween night. Uh, meet the Barkers. <laughs> I just needed that to be in the podcast. I appreciate you throwing that in there. Hey, you just. Just, just yell stuff over these fucking idiots. <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> I like this the, is I, our world, and they're living in it. <laughs> I, I didn't know you guys called your guests fucking idiots on this that's podcast. The name of the we have the piss freaks and the yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Everybody, every podcast has to brand their fans and their guests. No, and this is one of the, the fucking idiots. Well informed. Uh, Episodes we've had, I think. Oh, I know. I, I used it. to listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, come on, Kevin. <laughs> uh, Scotland Green writes, 40-year-old singing about going to the prom and hanging out at the mall. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's great. derogatory. You guys covered that earlier. <laughs> yeah. though, I think that's know. great, though. People say that in a, like it's a bad thing. That's We need these songs to be to enhance this moment that John Hughes has planted in my brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, were there any others here? D -d 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 Patrick Lynch says classic example of singers slash band people thinking they're comedians. Yeah. The thing mm -hmm. is, a lot of that is what made them big. So right. I don't, I don't see how you can that live. The live album yeah. is like I can't listen to it now because it's just I'm, I, I even find it too obnoxious. Yeah. Like their attempts at humor. Oh, you don't want to hear Tom DeLonge be Satan? Over oh and yeah, over and then it's it, and then it's just oh, like God. it's a lot of I fucked your mom, I fucked your dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like come I was down, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're totally right. Uh, I it's funny. I love so I love Modest Mouse, and I've heard that uh, that Isaac Brock can be kind of a nightmare live. Like sure. as far as he thinks he's hilarious, and it's made me hesitant to like seek out seeing them live. I still want mm -hmm. to, but I, it's I'd ra I I'm not as excited because of yeah. hearing that. He like lived in the shed at one point, right? Wasn't he real real piss poor? Yeah. yeah, I would buy that. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. so. I would maybe have to research that a little bit, but I've heard before that his mom like kicked him out and he like lived in a shed and started writing Modest Mouse songs. Or... It's like every band for yeah. the Northwest are like, they were homeless and then <laughs> they got huge. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and listen to the rest of this playlist because we are short on time, unfortunately. Uh, let's listen, speaking of uh, songs that uh, maybe have some juvenile humor, let's listen to Dick Lips. <laughs> funny because the other day I was telling somebody I wanted to get collagen injections in my dick lips <laughs> <laughs> and they were like what the fuck are dick lips if only they listen to Blake <laughs> something 
song. This song is about a time when original Blink-182 guitarist Tom DeLong got kicked out of Poway High School during his junior year after being caught drunk at a high school basketball game. Uh, he says, being kicked out of school was bad, but it was also the best thing in my life because none of us would be here today. Uh... DeLong also said that Blink-182 is 1 million percent around today because I got kicked out of high school. <laughs> so he just said that's the exact same thing twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. This is the l- album's third single. This didn't find success on the charts, mainly because it was outshown by the popular lead single. Can you guess what it was? Damn, Damn it. That is correct. Oh, uh, and then Josie, Alyssa Milano's in that video, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? she's, the, she's the girl in that video, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Would you would you argue at all? And I, this isn't my opinion, but would you argue at all that the addition of Travis Barker helped them succeed more because the drums were a little more? Like, do you think Animal would have been as big with Scott Rayner Ooh, on the drums? Chris, amazing question. Yeah, I've been thinking question. about this all day. I was going to say <laughs> Nate Fritzen yeah. posited the question: What do you guys think? Read drummer one v drummer two. I would say as for I love Dude Ranch and Cheshire Cat to a lesser yeah. degree so much, and I think they. I like I said earlier. I think they stand the test of time as like pop punk albums, and but the tra- like Travis Barker he has such a distinct drumming style and influenced a whole generation of obnoxious drummers. <laughs> like so he's like the Neil Peart of like pop punk or whatever. It's just like too much, but it's so distinct that I do think that that kind of helped push them over the goal line, so to speak, mm-hmm. as like a mainstream huge band. But as far as my taste in drummers and the songs maybe I like, and even on Enema of the State, that's not unfettered Travis Barker yet. When yeah. you see him live now especially, but even like you watch clips from like the mid, early to mid-2000s, his fills are out of control. It's just too yeah. much all the time that it doesn't really serve the songs in a way that at least Scott Rayner did. But I do agree with, with, somewhat with the logic that they might not have been as huge if it wasn't for him it's funny i was reading about scott rain earlier and it, it, the way he talks about the band is so funny where he yeah. acts like he's like yeah i just didn't really want to be a part of that anymore because i thought it'd be kind of like no you were an alcoholic yeah. dude it'd be like embarrassing to like be in a punk band it's like, like no they threw your ass <laughs> in a rehab <laughs> then replaced you yeah. before they you were, were boozing so hard buddy. he didn't even know until he got out of rehab oh, really? i didn't know that and that's it they had already because like they had already started demoing emma enema the state yeah and then he they threw him rehab and here's a little nugget i'm sure chris knew this already but in american pie they make a cameo because they're on the soundtrack well travis barker isn't credited it says scott rayner even though travis barker is the person on a juicy little nugget yeah we need a sound drop for that (laughs) uh you brought up uh can't hardly wait yes that yeah i would say that american pie and american pie 2 those three soundtracks are like seminal like yeah. 90s like third eye blind is on yeah. the can't hardly wait yeah. soundtrack like i would argue those all three of those were are like, like perfect. long music videos yeah like they, they yeah. did have six soundtracks for the time yeah for sure um i'm gonna and put they on... didn't even they weren't even um on <gasps> american pie they you know weren't what, even the hit songs you know either what, it was mm-hmm. like mutt and every Go, time i looked going song. away to college oh, yeah, American yeah. wedding has a pretty good soundtrack too, oh really I think. yeah i loved american wedding i'm a sucker yeah, for yeah. it uh that's the third one yeah and then there's reunion right you're searching on fire yes. with passionate love. Yo, I played a show. What is pl- it again? It's called Laid by James. That's I it. play some music here and there, and I played a show in New York with whoever plays Kevin. I can't remember his name. Thomas. <laughs> really? Whatever. And he plays that song, and he's like good, but oh, nice. yeah, he's, he's, a little, awesome. he's a little partier. Oh, yeah. I got a nice little pick, pick with him. Nice. Uh, All right. We, we got to listen to uh, Dump Weed. Really oh, yeah. yes. 
Thought you were cool, man. This is definitely a little bit one of the more uh, misogynistic songs where he's mm. talking about needing a girl to train. Yeah. Still catchy though. I need a girl that I can train as in dog training. Yeah. DeLong, the song's primary <laughs> primary lyricist, explains the song in the 2000 tour booklet. Uh, girls are so much smarter than guys and can see the future as well as never forget the past. What? So At least he didn't say, girls are so much smarter than dogs. <laughs> and then he says, yeah. so that leaves the dog as the only thing men are smarter than. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he also, uh, we, it says... Uh, this song was written by both guys, Mark and uh, Tom, uh, and DeLong sings the whole song. The song is about a guy saying he has a girlfriend that can be a great girlfriend sometimes, but other times can be very difficult. Uh, it, oh <laughs> noted boy. in the line, she's a dove, she's a fucking nightmare. Yep. Damn. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you were saying earlier, like every 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 spring when it, that first nice day, I'm like, Bam, putting on Animal of the State. Yep. I think you bring up a great point too about the licks. Like how how few guitar players in all of rock and roll, let alone punk music, have enough of a defined style that people can point it out, but also that they got their own custom guitars to enhance that yeah. sound. You know, it's like I'm not saying that he's like Jay Mascus no. of like guitar players or anything like that, but the fact that we all it's not or Eddie Van Halen or anything, but we know what a Tom DeLonge riff is. Yeah. And how influential it is on like modern pop punk music now to do that. I mean, Green Day wasn't doing that style. I mean, there wasn't really a lot of bands that were doing that sort of soloing with that tempo in the right. way that he did. Yeah. All right, let's listen to Enthused. Yes. No, I would argue this is the best song on Dude Ranch. There's something that's awesome. <laughs> song also has like three guitar intros. Yeah. <laughs> That case. <laughs> Go to like 40. This is the third, third one. <laughs> <laughs> Jump right to the third. Oh, I already see a great line in the song. Am I strung out? Crazy are not allowed to be the one who gets stupid over you. Lazy, 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 maybe you're just on crack. Why am I the one who gets fucked up as a Damn it. Uh, Alright, yeah. The no, line was, enthused. she doesn't care about those times we never shared at all. Yeah. I like that. I feel like I was listening to the Taking Back Sunday episode uh, earlier, and you guys were talking a lot about how 
yeah, like that emo music and stuff was a lot of misogyny and like these girls are the worst and I want to choke them out and all this yeah. shit. I would argue Blink-182 is very much so the opposite a lot of the times where it's like, why am I so hung up on you? Yeah. As opposed uh, to like, you suck, I hate you. There's Yeah, right. there's something a little like so more... relatable. It, yeah, it's a little bit more innocent yeah. uh, in its approach as opposed to like, Saves the Day stuff ha- hasn't held up super well either. But I... Yeah, there's some stuff that's a little... Through Being Cool is like one of my favorite albums ever, but... there, Yeah, but the relationship to it's a little... Yeah. It's... I don't want to use the word problematic, but there is there's more baggage associated with other bands lyrically that blink. I mean, Girl That I Can Train is kind of like the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the skits in between the stuff is a little not that doesn't age well either. Like yeah. that's why I can't listen to a live album either because it's like it's all but it, it's all such a product of its time. And I'm not excusing. Sure. Hey, I'm not. Ex- buddy, I'm not ex- fucking Eddie Murphy. I know. It doesn't hold up either. I know. A lot of comedy does not age right. well. And like you were talking about the American Pie movie series before, or even like Fairly Brothers, kind of like mid to late nineties. What were these huge like comedy or I, summer movies? I like, kind of think that the only maybe I'm missing something because uh, so Fairly Brothers movies that I can think of. I mean, Dumb and Dumber, obviously, which yeah. I think is, I think holds up. Oh, absolutely. Completely. I watched yeah. it the other day. It's still great. Uh, Dumb and Dumber Two and Dumb and Dumber Er are pieces of shit. Sure, they're bad. Uh, Stuck on You is bad. Yeah, Ooh, horrible. Uh, you know who's in that? <laughs> Doctor Ben Carson is in that. Is film. that true? Yeah. yeah, he's the surgeon that separates him. I think huh. as himself. I haven't rewatched Me Myself and Irene, but I wonder if yeah. that holds up. That I does, have a no. feeling it does. No. Something about Mary, not not really. Something about Mary, I think it's, I great. Think it's still good. Yeah, but yeah. I, I haven't watched it. In a long I don't think it's time. super problematic. I, I honestly but I forgot that it was their movie. Yeah, there just seems to be like there there was such a body kind of tone of yeah. like the late like just very overt just kind of like like chicks with tits and here's a <laughs> fart right you know yeah, that yeah, and yeah. blink Wait, when he hold on that is pretty funny <laughs> why do you think all these movies gross hundreds of millions of dollars why do you think blink 182 was such like a huge band because yeah. it, it resonated yeah but i don't know it's just a, i I've, i'm constantly like looking back on things and seeing how much something dictates a culture versus what is responding to the culture that exists. And it seems to me that like, maybe this is what people keep going back to with blink, why it feels inauthentic or something Uh is that it maybe didn't have enough defined voice that it was like a flag bearer for something. And so that it just kind of existed in the environment that it was a part of. Yeah. That that makes sense. All those old movies, even can't hardly wait though. Like, there's very problematic scenes sure. in that movie. There's like a scene where them saying the saying faggot is like the joke. Yeah. Like like somebody like gives this long speech and like they're in a group party and they're just like faggot and everybody laughs and that's the joke. And I'm like, oh, I love Man. this movie so much, but that is so <laughs> I'm gonna like... edit it to where there's no but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit it to where you say earlier. Just bleep that you me out because there's a part earlier where you say you have a joke, and then I'm gonna cut to <laughs> it's just you saying that. And th- don't cut the Aziz Ansari joke though. Oh, That's please. like too good. Uh, <laughs> there, I want to direct people to a, another Blink 182 joke, and you guys can vote which one you like more. The Whitmer Thomas Blink 182 oh, joke yes. about "I Miss You" 
It's very funny. I don't know if I know that one. Oh, it's yeah. so good. You guys mentioned him on the last podcast too. Um, we did. Taking back Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Shane he's got the best emo, emo joke. Yeah, yeah. Right he's got. Too, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, he has a great joke about I miss you, and it's about how he loves Blink One Eighty Two, and the song. I, I don't want to give too much. I don't want to like try. I'm butchering it. I'm sure. But uh, he's talking about like the one guy comes in. I think it's Mark Hoppus comes in with like a normal voice, <laughs> and then Tom comes in with like, "Where are you?" As he's on sorry, and then he's like in spiders. Spiders, yeah, it's very funny. Check it out. His voice Whitmer's is hilarious. Uh, yeah, um, check out Whitmer. By the way, um, anyway, let's listen to the last song. Of this yeah. playlist. I gotta go. Unfortunately, this is Reckless Abandon. Come on, Reckless Abandon. Something's wrong. This is gonna shock them. Nothing to hold on to. We use this song to. You never like almost 30 at this point. Godding later to on, is I just read later lyrics and it says he took his shit in the bathroom yeah. tub and fed the dog, dog brownie. brownie drugs. That was the first time I knew what an edible was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tried hard not to get caught. He, he fucked, fucked a chick, chick in, in a parking, parking lot. lot. Are yeah. you sure this guy dropped out of high school? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of reckless and now he's working with the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of UFOs. Yeah, um, we've been talking a lot about. Dinosaur Jr. There's an old uh, Blinky P where they cover Freak Scene, which is oh. pretty uh, pretty good. I mean, it's hard to beat Freak Scene as Dinosaur Jr. Cause yeah, it's yeah. such a good song, but it's fun to hear like Mark Hoppus and them like covering it. I yeah. take a Blinky P when I get up in the middle <laughs> oh, of the night. Boy. And my eyes aren't totally open <laughs> yet when I'm trying to. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I hate and love you for that. Oh boy. <laughs> um, uh, guys, we uh, have to end this episode. Uh, unfortunately, on that note, yeah, Tom, I don't know. I don't know if the listeners have been t- paying attention, but Tom's got to go. Uh, the the three line of this here. entire episode is, "Hey, I, this, hey, guys, I got to run." A full episode here. This okay, has been an hour and four minutes, uh, and it's been a great time. Honestly, thanks so much for coming on here, guys. I think we touched on everything that I was thinking about earlier. For today. sure, yeah. man. I American Pie. Oh, we didn't talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing, but that's fine. I feel like I said Wait, it really quick. What is it? I think I said I made my case throughout the episode for it, but they're going to be eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, next year. Next year. Oh. And Green Day uh, got in like a year ago or so, and so now it's going to be this thing. They're not going to get in the first couple of years, but mm-hmm. there's going to come a moment where Blink-182 is going to be like this watershed for the for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. They might be the most debated band to ever, if they get in, uh-huh. they should, but... If they do get inducted, they'll be right up there with all the greatest controversies because of the way that, you know, Jared did a great job of articulating, once again, available for bookings, that <laughs> of articulating kind of like the contrarian uh, popular perspective on it. But you got to look at how many records they sold, how 
influential they were for the genre and how big they were just as yeah as a as i mean if they're contemporaries in green day are in there's already been a precedent been set so now you what are you gonna not include the second biggest band right. of an entire you're gonna just erase an entire subgenre from the rock and roll hall of fame i don't think that's accurate all right that's me stumping oh no, there you go and if they if they do get in I say we fly in Joe Quazala and we have you back. Please, on the show uh, I love Joe. Yeah. And just can, Kevin? What yeah, the fuck? Hey, Kevin's <laughs> the one who said it. You Sorry, Chris. You think Tom to care will come it. back. You think if they get in, Absolutely. Tom will be like, "All yeah. right, let's do this. Let's play another one." Fuck yeah. Matt Skiba. Yeah, I think. Well, the, from what I understand I so. of what I've been reading in the band, it was always that they wanted to get working on an album, and Tom was like, "But these UFOs." So he's still technically, he's legally still a member of the band as well. Oh, okay. yeah. I think that's another thing that people don't pay enough attention to is that. He was never divorced as an owner of the name Blink-182. Mm. So the door, whenever he's ready to get get back into it, the door is technically always there. Even and though Travis Barker's been bitching that he wants him to get out, right? Because well, he thinks but listen, totally but listen to this. Travis Barker recently been having health issues, been in the hospital oh, on right. and off the past the week. to bring him back Exactly. Again. Oh, and right around that time, maybe they're going to induct to the Rock and Roll there Hall of go. Fame. It oh, all yeah. lines up. I know. It's uh, in the stars. It's in the stars. Right? Yeah, I want to believe. Just like <laughs> the UFOs. Uh, Tommy, <laughs> what do you think about this playlist here? Uh, I mean, Blink are always going to be untouchable for me as just a band I love. Uh, and that is, of course, the Blink Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's got to go. It, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, uh, they are so encapsulate that moment of like seventh grade and uh, just a very happy time. Like all my friends used to run around singing Blink songs all the yeah. time. Yeah, so man. Really, we covered a Blink song two years ago together. Yeah, like. Chris and I played a Blink song at Over the Eight. It was yeah. a good time. But yeah, I'll always love them so much. So uh, no matter what was put on the playlist, unless you guys put like new stuff on the playlist, I there was no way I wasn't going to give it a six. Just because yeah. I, I love him with all my heart. Yeah, and, solid uh, six. And it is the summer of wisdom. It is the now the summer of wisdom, which means that my Breaking number news. stays the same <laughs> because I was wise to choose it. Interesting. Oh. It's not the summer of okay. wisdom. I had a good time with this playlist. I I can't stand here and give it a six personally. Is it out of six or no? It's out of six. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am gonna go with a four point seven. That's pretty okay. good. And because it is the year of wisdom for Tommy, it is the year of stupidity for me. <laughs> and I am going to bump it up by point three yeah. to a five. Was there one? Song My numbers will be random now. <laughs> yeah. Was there one song specifically you didn't like, Tom? I didn't really care that much about. I think Dumpweed. Okay. Oh, I was yeah. It's I, a good, there, uh, was, there might not have been double. There was one in there that I did. Maybe it was Dick Lips, actually. <laughs> really? I yeah. think you. I, it wasn't that I hated anything. The thing is, there's yeah. a few songs that I didn't love completely. So huh. it wasn't It wasn't one song. Sure. 100%. It was just that I felt I can't give it a full six for me. But I still. It's That's a great score for the history of this podcast, I think. Uh, uh, and for how maligned Blink 182 is as a band. I'm yeah. surprised Absolutely. that. We're all I, I, so I like Blink One Eighty Two, so I'm not I'm, I'm not like coming in here with a with a raised with a furrowed <laughs> brow, you know. Uh, guys, where can people find you? We'll, we'll uh, I'm on you, Twitter at Mr. Chris Donahue. Uh, I have some shows at Union Hall sometimes with Chris Calgero. This is it. Uh, other than that, just around. Sick. So just find just him hanging. around. <laughs> Just hit him up. Uh, I'm at Corndog O'Brien on Instagram. I'm going to be on the road most of August. I'll be at High Plains Comedy Festival. Hell yeah. August uh, 23rd through 25th, the I believe. The are listening. Hey, yeah. I would love... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'll put in a word for you. Thanks, buddy. And uh, I'll be in Austin, Texas, August 10th and 11th. Hell yeah. Headlining the Velve on 6th Street. 
Uh, and I'll be in LA for a few days, but all that'll be on Instagram. And whenever I get a hundred dollars for my Squarespace at Kevin O'Brien comedy dot com. Uh, get in there, check out Kevin. Yeah, somebody give me a hundred bucks so I can get this website back up. And What's your Venmo, you, dude? If you commit a hundred dollars, <laughs> I owe to them two hundred bucks too. Five dollars so. will go to Kevin. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get that Instagram presence without put, posting my butt. So sure. if there's any way that I can Dang. get more followers without putting my ass on there, that'd be great. Fired, Mateo mm. and Stavi. <laughs> Literally everybody on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Tommy, you got anything you want to put out there? Uh, uh, July 13th, me and Steve Castillo are doing a two-man variety show at Union Hall. Come Whoa. Be very fun. Check that out. It's going to be a good time. Check out Tommy's website for more details, uh, I assume. <laughs> I don't mean to speak on your behalf. Um, guys, uh, check out You Up. on. Uh, we have a podcast now, You Up, with Nikki Glaser, uh, starring Tom Dakar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rate and review the podcast if you're having a good time. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Patreon.com slash StandByYourBand if you want to get on there. We're giving we're sending out koozies to people at the $6 or above level. Hey, you know what? Keep it crispy. Bye. <laughs>